0: Hey, heartbreakers. Welcome back to another breakdown bonus episode. I've got Lexi here. Hello, back on the pod. I know it's been a hot minute since you've
1: been on. How are you? I'm doing good. Things are good. Things are staying afloat. It's snowing in Buffalo, so we're not talking about it. But other than
0: that, (laughs) yeah, I'm freezing here. I can't even imagine how cold you are in New York, because in that is awful. I'm miserable, and I
1: got a text today that Jacksonville was like 34 degrees this morning. So like, I it's just
0: brutal. Yeah, there was ice on my windshield this morning. I don't know how to snow. I don't know how to do ice. Oh yeah, you didn't grow up around any of that. No, I can do wind, blustery winds. I can do cold temperatures. I can do rain. I cannot do ice. Mm, yeah, no, pretty brutal. I uh, had to, you know, sh- dig out my car this morning. Hate it. Hate it. Back back in uh, New York and hating it. Gosh. But I'm okay. Well, we are here to talk about another fun topic. Something else that just, uh, you know, gets me going <laughs> like cold weather, which is when the person you think you're going to spend the rest of your life with cheats on you. So that was... Ugh. That was the main sticking point with this week's main episode. This woman found out that her husband was cheating on her on their honeymoon. Literally, they're on their honeymoon. And I think the Dominican Republic, she grabs his iPod to check into Delta or whatever and sees text messages from this woman at his office that he was sleeping around with. Why even get
1: married? Like, that's. Honeymoon obviously means like freshly married. Like why even go through with it if you're
0: already cheating? What is the point? I think it's a mixture of complacency, comfort. And also because of how the story ended up turning out, I think probably money had something to do with it as well. She was making good, good money. And he, from what she told me, took a lot in the divorce, like took both of their boats, was really accustomed to living a certain lifestyle, but she was the breadwinner, it sounded like.
1: Oh, I literally hate that. I, I, I personally, and this is maybe me going on the tangent before the tangent needs to start. I think all the time, like, could I ever just be one of those people who like use the advantages of a situation and not actually love them? But I don't care if I am on the best vacation of my life. 100% killer opportunity. I'm on the beach in Hawaii for free because of this person. If I'm still not into the person, like I still couldn't do it, you know, and like maybe
0: maybe that makes me normal, but like I couldn't do it. There there are some people that genuinely prioritize, and this sounds really harsh, but genuinely prioritize what somebody can do for them over whether or not they actually love the person. And I don't know what that says about us, that we both wouldn't be able to do that because the thought of being trapped in a loveless marriage, and I'm not claiming that this is how this man felt, this is again just my tangent off of your tangent, I would feel so trapped. Even though you have all the options in the world money-wise, like let's say he's a cabajillionaire, and you have a sweet penthouse apartment in New York and a nice house in Boston or whatever. You're one of those like rich New New England people. It's like you have all the options, but not really because you're totally dependent on whether or not this person's going to continue to support you.
1: I've like aired out all my ex problems on this podcast before, but it's like I'm wrapping my head around currently like, oh, like, why why did my ex stay in all these situations? And even my therapist has stuff like, well, look at how they were benefiting. I'm like, I don't care. I still don't want to go to a concert with somebody I don't like. I don't want to, you know
0: what I mean? Like, I don't care if they're free concert tickets. I want to go with someone I'm going to have fun with. And I would like to think that if, if it came down to it, like if I really needed to marry for money, I think it sounds better in theory, like just marrying rich. I joke about that all the time. Like, oh, I just need to find like a rich man to support me. But honestly, I think it would be fun for about two years. And then I think after two years, I would turn into one of those women that like snap and end up <laughs> murdering their husband in the of the night because I can't take yeah, it. Yeah, but
1: that's the thing. It usually lasts like a little chunk of time. Like I'm like, maybe maybe that first attraction is like what gets people and then they're like, oh, no, I do genuinely like them and I've learned to love them through all this stuff. But then the benefits are too good to walk away when you're no longer feeling it. But still, it's just I don't know. But that's a uh, why also a lot of people stay is like the benefits end up being like really, really good. And like you end up building these lives together and all this stuff. Other needs aren't met, but I still think it's screwed up.
0: I think this is a theory that maybe me and you could relate to more not saying that I personally relate to this in my career right now, but as people who don't want to use partners for money, it's kind of like the golden handcuffs theory. You get accustomed to a certain level of luxury and certain benefits and perks, and the thought of leaving is scarier than crying in your Boston mansion.
1: Yeah. And maybe, well, let me ask you this and like, let me challenge it. Like, do you think it's because we're people who have maybe never been in situations like, okay, we both work in radio. Like, obviously, like there's some fun perks. I'm not necessarily saying it by any means we make good money, but like, you know what I mean? Like we go to concerts, we go to events, we do cool things. But like, I don't, I can't say that I've honestly dated someone who like has as many perks as me. And I'm not saying that like, oh, like I date lower or anything like that. But like, I, I've never dated anybody who has like that advantage of, oh, well, you do all these things for me. So that's why I stick around. But do you think it's because we're we're on the other side of it?
0: I think it's because we're both very self-sufficient humans. Like we both went after our dreams. We both went into the, the career. That we wanted to go into so we're not looking for anybody else to fulfill us in that way because at the end of the day like we both chose to go into radio which is what we wanted to do so we look to ourselves for fulfillment that is a very mature way to look at it <laughs> look at me i socrates... never stood around
1: for just the sneaker discounts you know like
0: <laughs> <laughs> socrates could never but anyway this turn <laughs> is like a hard right turn onto gold digger lane And Mm. we were uh, the whole, I guess, point of the episode, although I I do think the gold digger thing comes up in the episode. So it wasn't a complete tangent. But in terms of the complete 180, I'm putting myself in her shoes of laying in bed next to the person that you just stood up in front of your friends and family and God with and said, hey, we're going to do the damn thing and spend the rest of our lives together to go to to immediately be in In a situation where you have to consider whether or not this relationship that you thought was going to be forever was going to come to an end. I can't even fathom that kind of whiplash.
1: No, heart-wrenching. Like, completely heart-wrenching. And, like, at the end of the day, like, very, very sad. They call things the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon is supposed to be, like, the best week of your life in your relationship. And, like, to find that out, like... (sighs) Was this like right after the wedding or did they take a couple months then take, oh, like one of those, like we get married, we go on the honeymoon. Yeah, that's crappy. And those text messages were probably happening like the night of the wedding.
0: Well, that was the other thing. So a couple of days before the wedding, because they got married in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, they decided to go tanning so they didn't get completely fried. And he allegedly, according to her, was sending nudes to the woman while he was in the tanning bed while she was in the room over. Why get Married,
1: money can't buy happiness, but you'd rather cry in your Ferrari. I don't believe in it.
0: I think a Ferrari get would get pretty old because I've always felt that. Not that I live in any kind of mansion, but when I first moved into my apartment, I was like, "This is the height of luxury. This is this is it's so new. No one's ever lived here before." And then you live here for six months, and then it just feels like a box with four walls and a couple of doors. It just feels normal. I'm not saying he married her just for money, but I think there was probably a comfort there. Well, some, yeah. I mean, people just stay trapped in the reputation of things.
1: And, like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you don't want everybody to know your business, especially when you're planning a wedding.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's true. You're my go to. You're my cheating correspondent anytime I have yeah. an episode about cheating. Correspondent who has been cheated on. Hello. Correspondent who's been cheated on. Buzzing to you from the other side of the country. When you got cheated on for the first time, what was your initial emotion? Was it shock? sadness, anger, because I know you also really cared for this person and probably thought it was forever.
1: You know, it's like tough because I got I got cheated on in a very weird way where it was like I wouldn't have known. So I literally found out I was being cheated on like when I was already like dumped like I was dumped out of the guilt of it was like, a, oh, we're starting to fight. It's not working out. And then as I did the digging, when I was like frustrated about like, why, why was she being so stubborn? Why are, like, why is she suddenly telling me she doesn't want a relationship? It was because she was feeling the guilt. Cause I mean, like, I've, I've told the spark notes of the story. It's like I was living in Florida. She was not. And then like when she came to visit Florida and when she went back, it was like we had a great time when she was visiting me. And then she gets back home and she's like, oh, now I'm not looking for anything. And I'm like, no, the guilt of you being away. So then when I was digging, it was like two days after she had told me, I no longer want a relationship. I called and I was like, Oh, well, how would so-and-so feel like knowing you were visiting me? Because I like did, I did the social media creeping and the digging and I saw something I shouldn't have seen, you know? So when it came down to that, it was like, I had already been feeling the investigative skills. So I can't say that, you know, I was blindsided to finally hear like when she admitted it, I was like, I can't even believe you put me through this. So first it was like the shock of like, oh my God. But like all these things were leading up to it that at that point I was just angry, mm-hmm. you know, like I was so angry. And then like, ultimately, like I didn't get picked, you know, I think about it all the time. It's like some people cheat and like want to stay in relationships. They're like, hey, like, I'm sorry I did this. Forgive me. And like, let's, work it out I mean granted a year and a half I ended up going back to that relationship stupid but um <laughs> but uh that's me calling myself out but like during the time of it it's like okay well one I'm it's like you know I think the people who are like oh I cheated but I want to stay with you it's like okay that's just what we have to work through but the worst part I think is is like hey I cheated on you and I'm not going to be with you so like I'm I'm leaving because I'm cheating, you know? So I think that's that's what sucked the most for me is like, oh, so I found out all this horrible stuff and now you're not even gonna like stay to make it right.
0: Can I be honest? I think it would have been worse for me the other way around. Like I think in mm. the position that the main episode interviewee found themselves in where it's like, oh, I cheated, but I'm not trying to get out. I mean, sure, you might feel like you have more control over the situation and the relationship. But to me, I think I'm able to wrap my mind around somebody cheating on me a little bit more. If it's if I knew you just wanted to get out of the relationship or if there was something about me that wasn't right for you but you were just too much of a coward to leave. I think that makes more sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is, Oh, I cheated, but I'm like down to stay. Like, why would you cheat in the first place then? Well, you know, I look at it from a couple sides because like I said, I did go back to the relationship and I
1: never let it go. Like to this day, I am, n- I will never let it go. And I don't think I ever have to let it go. And I've said on the pod, you know, it's like, if you're going to accept somebody and love them through their mistakes, then you also have to learn to let things go. I have learned about myself. I will never be able to let that go. Like they say, uh, 2023 established boundaries and stuff. I have like come to the conclusion there's a lot I can let go. Like say that relationship came back tomorrow, which it's not, I'm done. But like if it comes back tomorrow, like I know non-negotiable, I won't be I will forever feel how I felt in those moments. And that's okay. I'm learning that it's okay to some things you don't have to be okay with. But I think I was never the reason that I say I disagree with you is like I was never okay just being like, not chosen. I wanted to hear like, hey, I screwed up and like, but I'm going to make it right with you. Granted, I never got that. I think if she would have stayed single, it would have been different. But the fact that she got into that relationship, it's like, oh, it's so worth it to cheat on both of us, but it wasn't worth it for you to stay with me. It's like, now I have to, you know, now I have to deal with that. So I guess I I don't know what it's like to just stay in something once you've been cheating.
0: So you did tell me that once you said, I hate that because of what, I think you even quoted that Taylor Swift lyric, I hate because of you. I can't love you because of like what they did. They like stole the ability for you to fully love them because of what they did. Because you mm-hmm. it was a, became a non-negotiable for you. What she did, she stepped out of the relationship. It was too much. I totally respect that because I have also never gotten over anything ever. I do just think cheating is selfish. Mm hmm. I would have a hard time getting over somebody being so selfish that they were willing to put our entire relationship on the line.
1: There's no excuse for it, you know, and people like say, well, oh, well, maybe their needs weren't being met. Then talk about it. Talk about what your needs aren't being met. Do all of these things before you make a dumb decision like cheating, because like then you get mad if that person's ever going to forgive you. And do I think that some things are like one off mistakes that could have been fixed? And do I think it's like the end all be all? No. And like I can confidently say that like I don't think it's the end all be all. But what I can't say, I just you think that everything could have been avoided you know it's like if you're gonna forgive it then have those conversations after and be like oh i was drunk it's whatever it's like no it still should have never got to that point or then break up do you think the infidelity from your ex could have been avoided not not on my not on my end on their end yeah because they made a stupid decision and you know i had this conversation literally with my therapist this morning some people feel like right now i say it all the time i'm healing at somebody else's expense meaning like I can't jump into a new relationship because I'm all screwed up about what's done to me. That sounds petty, but like if I would have just stayed who I was in that relationship and they would have not done me wrong, we would have been fine. You know, but like now here I am with trust issues, worried about getting cheated on, all these crazy things because someone else chose to do that to me. I didn't choose to do those things. I didn't want those things in our way. No,
0: it's like if somebody physically shoved you from behind and you fell forward and you broke your arm, you got to go through all the physical therapy to heal yourself. But what happened to you was the equivalent of that emotionally. And that sucks to have to sit in a therapist's office every day knowing I didn't have to be here. The only reason I'm here is because of the actions of somebody else.
1: One hundred percent. You're healing at somebody else's expense. And I asked my I literally you know, it's it's. this is the therapy after the therapy. But it's like that should be like a bonus topic. The therapy after the therapy. I said I was like, do you think I could confidently just like go be in a new relationship? They're like one hundred percent, you were healed and healthy and all of those things in the relationship you can't control. They decided to do that to you. And that's the worst part. Because like, I'm sure that this girl was like, you know, I'm happy and in, in this marriage and doing all these things. But now like I have to come home for my honeymoon and deal with all this because he made
0: that choice. And I think a lot of it probably had to do with insecurity on her husband's part because she was kicking ass. She was making hella money. She had lost like a hundred pounds or something. I mean, I was interviewing her and being like, Well, good for you, girly, out here living your life. It makes you wonder how they even end up with somebody who, I don't want to say self-sabotage the relationship, but I mean, kind of blew it up from the inside out. But for you, like when you talk about the things that you've learned in therapy, healing at somebody else's expense, what has your therapist talked to you about that has really been helpful as you've (laughs) tried to
1: move on? Bouncing back from what I guess has been classified as like narcissistic abuse so like i'm bouncing back from that so mainly it's just like triggers of keeping it out of my life you know there there's a lot of situations where there's a difference between like healing from a breakup and like not wanting to go back but my problem is i've gone back to this situation a million times so right now i'm learning like hey look at what these things do and like not every action needs a reaction not every time they reach out it's like groundbreaking and you know so those are the things that like i'm currently working on But, you know, to your point earlier, you can't beat yourself up or like, what could I have done to avoid this? You know, like my ex had the nerve to say to me, I got cheated on. Then that relationship got picked. And then like later on, like a year to two years later, like I got back in that relationship and I said like, oh, you didn't forget about me in that whole time. And they said, well, how could I forget about you? The other person, like she didn't let go either that I was cheated on, even though she got picked, she never let go. Like, oh, well, you also cheated on me. Like she had two girlfriends here. So two people, got cheated on in this situation. So she was like, well, yeah, you got brought up so much that like, how could I forget about And I'm thinking to myself, this other girl, I'm not even going to give her credit because I can't stand her. But like this other girl for a year was like, I hope you don't do that to me again. Have you talked to her again? Ha- have you associated with her? So like she's getting blamed like, oh, I'm leaving you now because you didn't let me forget about my ex. Yeah. So imagine that the, the girl they tell you not to be worried about, you're constantly bringing her up. So then that ends up being the reason like, you know, but biggest thing now is like you can read a book a million times. You could read the same book over and over again, but the ending never changes just you know so (laughs) that's the big that's the big line and you know you and I have been on a bunch of podcasts where we've talked about like once cheater always cheater and all those things but like again it's like you can't beat yourself up for what caused somebody to cheat because that was their own decision everybody has the option to talk about things everybody has the option of breaking up with someone before they do something stupid and everybody has the option of talking things out like, oh, I didn't want to cheat, but like I felt this way now. <laughs> well,
0: I think that's why narcissism is often the root of the cause of why people do step out of relationships. And I have a thousand episodes on that. If if you're listening now and you want to go back and and hit those episodes up. But Kiki Palmer actually just put out one on hers this week dr drew where she talks about narcissistic abuse and it's really good so if that's like a topic you want to listen to from kiki's perspective because she's hysterical she has a lot of good nuggets in there and something she talked about too just when it comes to like the end of a relationship she was like how do i know that i'm not the problem because i think when you deal with a narcissist they can sometimes gaslight you into thinking that what they have done Mm -hmm. is because of you And Dr. Drew said something really interesting. He said, if you are wondering if you are the problem, you are probably not the problem. Because a narcissist is never wondering if they are the problem.
1: Yeah, they never are. And like some of them know, but they want to make you believe that they are. Like, you know, my ex says all the time, like, I'm not saying this is a you thing. This is me. Like, I, I, this is me. This is me. And they know that, but they're not, they're still going to make you feel that way. 100% 100% you know I get the oh well, we'd be perfectly fine if you just weren't x y and z and like the worst is I usually get told like oh if you weren't so like upset about the past and you you learned how to let go about things and I'm like oh really you know it's like I saw this tiktok the other day it's like you want to call me toxic but you did all this toxic crap
0: to me and now you're mad I'm still so upset about it all it's like when guys call their ex-girlfriends crazy. it's like well, okay well what did you do to make them crazy exactly you know and it's like sorry I'm like mature enough in my emotions and like you're not you know In the episode that I had listened to with Kiki Palmer and Dr. Drew, they also talked about how narcissists are something that's not talked a lot about when it comes to narcissism is how people who are abusers in that way, I mean, they're really suffering from a mental health thing. I think they tend to prey on people like you who have a lot of compassion because Mm -hmm. you know that they're suffering from X, Y, and Z. And maybe you're not like, oh, they're suffering from narcissism, but they're probably suffering from something else. And It's so easy to be compassionate and take them back when you want to be, when you want to give the person that you love compassion. And that's the hardest way to look at it
1: because, you know, the second you turn it into, and that's all incredibly valid. And I don't want to sound heartless here because like, I think, I think we all know on this podcast, I have like a heart of maybe too big of a heart, but like, uh, the second I start thinking oh this is just something wrong with them and it's because like they had a so much bad happen to them in their life so like this is how they act and all this stuff the fixer in me comes out and it's like oh but now I feel sorry for them and I want to be there and I want to care and I want to help fix you and all that stuff no you have to solely look at it decisions and I'm not saying you know like I haven't I haven't dove into like specifically and I'm in no way advising anybody but like the second I start to personally think like oh it's just because like they've had such a hard life this is why they act this way and it's chemically in them now because of X, Y, and Z. Their needs weren't met as a child. So this is how you're filling your needs. Then then I start to get like, oh my God, I need to totally look at it as like, you were crappy to me. 100%, 100%. Yeah, but it's all, you know, I'm going through bad breakup after bad breakup, and I'm getting help. People also are in control of being able to get help for these things.
0: Sometimes they just don't realize that they need the help, though, so... Yep, and it's 2023, and
1: getting help is not... It's not that it's just not normal anymore. It's, like, celebrated. You know, it used to be, like, frowned upon or weird, now it's like so cool. Like, oh, you're in therapy. That's
0: hot. Hot girls go to therapy. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. I can't wait for straight men to pick up on the fact that going to therapy is really hot.
1: I know. You know, and I I, I tell all my straight guy friends, I'm like, go to therapy.
0: It's the hottest thing. <laughs> like, you want a girlfriend? Go to therapy. <laughs> like- <laughs> You'll go from a seven to a nine. And we mm-hmm. can don't talk dirty to me. Talk therapy. Speak to me. Literally. <laughs> um, tell me about your boundaries. Ooh. Yeah. Right? All right. Well, thank you, Lexi, for coming on and being my cheating correspondent. I'm going to link All that time. episode with Kiki Palmer and Dr. Drew in this episode description, because I think it's really well done. And also I think it relates really well to this main episode. So if you want to check it out, it's in the episode description and I'll see you whenever you decide to want to, you know, whenever you want to listen to this podcast again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>